0: Welcome back to The Real News Network, and Reality Asserts Itself with Alan Roebuck. We're discussing climate science, global warming, climate change crisis, and Alan now joins me again in the studio. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So quickly, one more time, Alan Roebuck is a distinguished professor of meteorology in the Department of Environment Sciences at Rutgers University. And if you want to see more of his bio, it will be under the video player, or watch you really should watch the rest of the series, because this final segment will make way more sense that way. So let's go back to talking big picture again. The American political elite, the American corporate elite—they're um, very well informed. They are very well educated, on the whole. And there's some exceptions, but on the whole, they're they're quite sophisticated people. Mm-hmm. Um, they see these scientific reports, um, and and. and there's next to nothing going on. And, like, President Obama makes in a State of the Union, like, one sentence about climate change. And yes, through executive order there's a couple of small things happening. But he has a big bully pulpit. He could be rallying the country for a new, green America, and this is the future, and it's urgent, and we got to do this, and we got to do that, which we heard some of in the campaign in 08, but, like, next to nothing since he was elected. But not just about President Obama you would think that the corporate elite of america would see that you know this we better get serious about this cuz you know even though there's winners and losers in the long run if we don't do something you know even corporate elite may
1: be losers where is this discourse i guess you'd have to ask the corporate elite why they do what they do i don't know i can't read their minds but a lot of us are disappointed that obama didn't do this big push for green energy after he was elected, rather than do the healthcare care thing. It would have saved the world and produced jobs. And I think he could have done that. That's when he had all, all this people behind him. He could, he, uh, he could have gotten a lot done then. And, but he didn't. He chose to put all of his uh, eggs in the basket of, of doing health care.
0: But, but do you think that's because you know, capitalism as we know it can't deal with this? And at least not until it's at such a terrible state that, yes, even then, the corporate elite will say, OK, even we're being affected. Now, Even you know, as you were saying in the earlier segments, there's going to be winners and losers out of this. And most of the elite figure they're going to be on the side of winners. So there's no big rush here. We'll deal with it you know, 10 years,
1: 20 years, or whatever. The US is different than other countries. I gave a talk about global warming at Total, the biggest French oil company in December. And they said, we've never tried to uh, confuse people about global warming. Our company's policy is global warming is real and it's a problem. We've tested capturing carbon dioxide, pumping it underground, we know how much that's going to cost. All we need is a signal from the world how much to add to the cost of our doing business and we'll do it. So they aren't resisting, they aren't trying to confuse people about the science. Exxon on the other hand is. So I don't know why they do that. I think they must think in their short-term interest They'll make more money by doing that. And and it'll be somebody else running the company when they're retired and they don't really care.
0: In the earlier interview, you said, but you feel optimistic about things. I mean, I don't. I mean, I feel optimistic in the sense that I think because of the economic crisis, sooner or later people are going to demand some fundamental changes in who has power and who owns stuff. And part of that process, I think, will be a different kind of economy when it comes to the environment. So I'm kind of optimistic
1: in that. But, but Well, the corporations control the news media, too. That's why we're doing this here and not on one of the national networks. Al Gore tried to do that, too, but it didn't go very far in terms of another outlet for communicating the, the science, the truth. So uh, I can't predict the future. I can tell you how the climate is going to change if we behave, but I can't predict human behavior It's so much more difficult. We have equations that describe the physical system. We believe in conservation of energy and conservation of mass, but how do you actually predict human behavior? It's so, so nonlinear, so so variable. So my fantasy is that there'll be a charismatic leader of the world who will convince us that this is in everybody's interest and in the near term it's going to really help us even even in spite of okay, saving us well, from. What, what, what needs to be done? What needs to be done? Yeah.
0: Like you, like, you know, tomorrow night President Obama calls you and says, okay, I watch the Real News series. It won't be tomorrow <laughs> night. But when he sees this series, I watch the series, you've convinced me, and I just actually in 2014 won both houses. This is all real fantasy, okay? I now control both houses, and we can do whatever you tell me to. What, what would you
1: tell them to do? I would tell them to move quickly towards solar and wind energy for producing our electricity, move to electric uh, transportation, and stop burning coal immediately, leave all the tar sands in the ground and we'll ha- it'll be a while before we can move to a fossil free emissions. but there are, there are scenarios where within a couple of decades we can have many fewer fossil fuel emissions and, It's not what the U.S. does, though. It's what China does, which is going to control the world. But before
0: before we get to China, and we will, President Obama says no. His current strategy is a transitional strategy, you know, through fracking and natural gas. Mm -hmm. We're going to build up energy independence, but that will be a transition to something green. And he says that's the track he's on.
1: We can go much faster towards, I mean, fracking is really bad locally in terms of what it does. Methane leaks into the atmosphere which is a much stronger greenhouse gas when you burn it It produces half the amount of co2 as burning coal or burning oil, but that's still a lot of co2 so it's it's really not a solution and It's better than burning coal, but using I mean I have I I haven't paid an electric bill in several years because I have solar panels on My roof we have net metering which lets me run my meter backwards and they keep track and so uh, I don't I don't contribute to CO2. My, uh, I have a hybrid and I try not to drive it. My biggest sin, sin is flying around the world. But that we, know what, we know what we have to do. There's a lot of wind in the middle of the United States. There's a lot of sun everywhere in the world. So we can move that way quickly. But there are people standing in the way that don't want to change their, for, for a variety of reasons. But we know what the path is. It's not new technological breakthroughs. It's just get started doing it.
0: Okay. So China says you've had like, uh, you know, 150 more years of industrial development, and you're telling us that we should bear the burden of this. A place like Ecuador said, you know, they said, you know, we're, we'll, we'll stop destruction of the Amazon, uh, but you guys have to help pay f- for that. Um, what do you make of that argument, especially the Chinese one, as you say, because, you say, as you say, the Chinese emissions now have actually surpassed the Americans, you say?
1: It depends how you do it. I think the limitations on emissions should be per person, not, not per country. So the Chinese per person emissions are still much lower than the United States. Yet we have to move toward, toward technology that the Chinese are actually developing, that we're going to be buying from them. And so I think it's a win-win if we all move in that direction. How fast we get there and what the equity things are will we'll have to be figured out. But, yeah, we should help. We should help them. We shouldn't just demand it of them. We should help them.
0: But you're clearly saying it's not a gradual transition. We have to stop now, tar sands now, No we have now. To,
1: we have to. We have to. It will be a gradual transition, but it has to be as quickly as possible. It's not going to be instantaneous. I mean, we can't. Yeah. To develop alternative to, energy yeah, at those levels, yeah, how, how long and, would it and, take? And, and the way to, to uh, transmit them. Yeah, decades, a couple decades, but we have to get started now. We're not even trying to do that now. If you look at the amount of carbon dioxide on the planet, it's going up and up and up and up. And if you look at the rate that it's going up, it hasn't even slowed down. So China, the cheapest thing for them to do is to burn coal and it's too cheap, but they don't pay any fee for dumping this pollution in the atmosphere. We pay, you can't put water out of your house without paying a sewer fee. Why is there no sewer fee for the atmosphere? So it would take a global agreement on this that we have to gradually in- increase. One way of doing it is a carbon tax, a gradual, gradually increasing charge for dumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And if everybody knows what this gradual increase is, then they can plan for it. And businesses would be cool with that. They, as long as they can plan and, every, and, and it's fair, everybody would do the same thing. Germany's already made large changes because of because of doing that and they said they used uh, I was in Germany a couple of years ago they used to burn this brown coal and be one of the worst polluters and now they're going to a carbon- free economy pretty quickly there's another question about nuclear power Jim Hansen my colleague thinks we really have to go with nuclear power I think nuclear power is pretty dangerous especially in hands of countries that might make nuclear weapons. But there, in theory, there are new nuclear technologies that are much safer, and we should do research on those. But that's not the instantaneous solution and you have to build uh, a lot of nuclear power plants to solve the problem. But we, we we should think about how we can do that. But solar and wind is, is pretty simple technology. It already exists and the prices are going down. And it's not going to be Uh, one or the other. It's a gradual transition to putting less CO2. And if we can put less CO2 in gradually, then the warming will slow down, we'll have more time to learn to adapt to it. And so, but we have to move in that direction as fast as we can.
0: And I don't think it's too likely that you're going to get that phone call from President Obama. He
1: probably wouldn't call me, but uh, yeah. But he knows knows this. He doesn't have to call me. John Holdren, his science advisor, knows that. The question is uh, politically, what can you do? And, and money talks, you know. So, as I used to say at, uh, at a clothing store in New Jersey, "Money talks, nobody walks." So, uh, uh, money is very important in power. And now you say the problem is capitalism. We could get in a whole discussion of what other economic system. But the Soviet Union, uh, which isn't which isn't that capitalist, uh, is living on on their uh, fossil fuels, and they're selling them. They aren't even in re- Russia. In Russia, yeah, yeah, isn't so- that capitalist? How do you, you can't get more capitalists than Russia and China.
0: Just state. I mean, there are different forms of developing state yeah, capitalism, yeah, but uh, yeah. no, it's not just about I'm saying certainly capitalism as we know it. This is another discussion, yeah, yeah. but what I am saying is concentration concentrated power leads to concentration of control of politics. And right now, where power, where wealth and ownership is concentrated, these people are not very interested, it seems, in thinking anything but you know the next quarter and very quick
1: return. And that's right. But you know, California is one of the biggest economies in the world. I think It's the seventh largest economy in the world, and they're moving rapidly toward toward much more environmentally friendly uh, actions. But they don't have net metering in California, so people, when they build a put nuclear, put uh, solar panels on their roof. There's no incentive to generate more than they use because if they run the meter backwards, they don't get paid for it because the, the, the power, electric power companies are so How strong. many states have that? I don't know. I know in New Jersey we do have net metering. And one of the arguments is, well, you know, if you don't pay anything to the electric power company, why should they provide you, serve as a battery for you? Why should they take your power and give it to you at night when you don't need it? And one of the answers is, well, I generate electricity in the middle of the day when there's the biggest demand, and they have, don't have to build a new generator because of that. So up to a certain level it really helps them out even, even at the So at there, there are
0: some short-term solutions if there's some political interest in doing it. Exactly. Okay. Thanks very much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining us on Reality Asserts Itself on The Real News Network.